All right, y'all, what's happening? I know, like, stained, it's been a while, but I'm back. What's happening with y'all? I'm off today. Of course, I've been in the process of tracking down, getting me a car, trying to do get some upgrades going in my personal life, hopefully with this channel as well as time goes on. Uh, so I've been busy, so forgive me, but I'm back in it, and uh, we're going to be talking some news today. Also, I'm going to be going over uh, some of the NBA, well, the playing games. I'll give a brief synopsis of uh, kind of what I, what I, you know, some of the matchups I see going down in the playoffs. I'll get more deeper into that as we get into the playoffs and get closer to that. Also, I did want to get into some NFL news today. I wanted to talk about uh, my thoughts on Aaron Rodgers. I know I had mentioned that before. I had not gotten to it. Uh, so I think I want to elaborate a little bit more on that and uh, any if there's any updates on that end. Which kind of there really isn't uh, because of uh, new NFL, some new NFL rules. So we won't be knowing about any of that until uh, I believe about June. So we won't know a final decision at least until June. But I will be giving my thoughts on it. I will be kind of giving um, giving an outline of kind of what has happened and where we at going into that period in which you know there's supposed to be a decision to be made and what is likely to happen. Um, also, like I said. Uh, yeah. Oh, I have a, oh, yeah. I also have a review for you guys. So I have a, a poem for the review segment. I'll be going over the newest Mortal Kombat. And uh, yeah, so let's just go ahead and get on into it. Um, we're going to get into what the big news, of course, with the gas shortage back east and, of course, down south. It's uh, sort of coming, you know, sort of things are sort of getting, you know, back together. But there are some issues, like I said, parts of the East Coast, well, actually, uh, well, the majority of the East Coast and actually parts of the South, uh, including Georgia, the Carolinas, also Texas, suffered a gas shortage. Like I said, they're still going through that to some extent. Uh, and a uh, what happened with that is a pipeline suffered a cyber attack. I don't know, you know, how you would go about doing this. I don't know why there's, I mean, if this is, you know, if their infrastructure is based in cyber, I don't know how you ha don't have any type of encryption on your own end or any type of protection. I hope they go into investing in that in the future, but I don't, I don't see how you would automate that and put that into the cyber realm and not have some type of protection for it. Um, because again, you have terrorists that are looking to attack anything. Um, and this is not the age in which we send, you know, bombs and we send soldiers to countries uh will you know will you know attack infrastructure or you know in some cases it might be biological maybe we might have uh, made a virus it happens that's where we go that's where you know warfare has gone i'm very kind of um when i heard about it being a cyber attack uh, again i didn't when i first heard about a gas shortage i, I figured okay uh, they might have just ran out of fuel or something like that. And uh, I saw the pictures of people getting gas and all that, and people making fun of that. And that is, you know, you can make light of that and people hoarding and everything like that. You had videos of people, you know, filling it up in garbage bags. Ha, 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 ha. But, again, this was a cyber attack, which could have been terrorism. We don't know who would prompt that. Some type, maybe uh, some type of domestic terrorism that's looking to, I don't know, who knows, really. And they really didn't uh, break down that part aspect of it. Again, if I can find more info on that element of it, I will share that because to me, that's alarming because again, that just kind of shows you where we're weak at. Uh, obviously, we don't have a lot of our infrastructure protected. And again, 
this is how they're this is how our enemy is going to be coming after us they're not going to be sending bombs because you really can't send bombs over here you can't really send ships over here like that to come get us we're a little bit spread out we have you know capable military capability well you know far superior capabilities militarily than a lot of different countries however cyber hey but that's up in the air because they're i mean i'm telling you people are learning this stuff left and right and anybody can come up with some type of stuff to to, to shut somebody down you'd be surprised um now this has led to shortages uh well it had led to many shortages in many stations still some shortages as well in washington dc at one point 80 percent of stations were out of fuel 37 percent of stations in virginia and also nearby maryland uh, 35 percent in nearby Maryland also had uh, some shortages as well because people wanted to panic buy of course when they wanted to buy up all the toilet paper because they figured stores would never be opened again they got all oh my god and again it just led to people doing ridiculous shit again if you're prepared for it you prepare for it a lot of people I know for a fact weren't prepared for it how can you prepare for a, a cyber attack again if there was a situation in which there was actual a situation where they were running out of their reserves or you know that's what the pipeline told you they would probably notify you you'd have to you know I, I would under, kind of understand panic buying in that situation but you don't know you don't know how to plan for that I mean I and I get it you know people don't know what's going to happen next but again if you're going to if you're going to bring plastic bags to the situation go home no you didn't even think that part out go the fuck home you're not you, you don't get to park you need to go home with your stupid self that doesn't work that does not we not we not doing that. i seen somebody damn you use a use a plastic no they they use a plastic hamper to fill up the gas and i'm like it, it ain't gonna work. It is not gonna a plastic clothes hamper. That how you? What are you people? What are you people on out here? Okay, uh, get get buy buy buckets from somebody. If that's what you have to do, go ahead and buy buckets from. You should have stopped at fucking you know a hardware store. Got you some buckets or something first. Should have got you some bottles or something first. Who the fuck in their right mind decide I'm gonna I'm gonna fill this plastic bag up with gas? I would never understand some of you people. I'm I'm sorry. You can judge me. I didn't finish college. Fine. I work at Trader Joe. Judge me. But guess what? I'm not putting gasoline in no garbage bag. Run that. Run tell the world that. You won't catch me doing no stupid shit like that. Tell them that. Tell the world that as well. Now, the close, uh, sorry, the Colonial Pipeline Network, uh, like I said, has been put back online. Things are coming back to normal. Uh, the thing about it and what makes this pipeline so important is that it's actually 5,500 miles long and it extends from Texas to New Jersey. So that's a lot of people, you know, a lot of people needing gas, needing, you know, needing gasoline. Uh, now, of course, this led to higher prices as well at the pump. Again, all type of disasters. Like I said, it provides pretty much the East Coast with this entire or at least half of its oil supply. And uh, 100 million barrels are transported via the pipeline every day, you know, up until we had this drama. In North Carolina, you had issues as well with 72% of stations out of fuel. Uh, now, people are doing, like I said, the most to hoard this gas. Like, uh, they, they're taking bags to fill it. Like, just ridiculous. Um, and it led, of course, to some, you know, again, to some reactions. Uh, now, you got this, uh, you know, this lady in South Carolina 
her car got set on fire because she filled up some bags and she's on the freeway. Her car sets on fire on the freeway. Now she's stuck. Now she ain't got a car at all. Uh, why you didn't take the se the second you know step to go get a gas tank? Get buy. You should have bought two or three. You know, I mean, I'm just saying. Why not go there? Why not go to the hardware store first? Look and safe uh, and get your little gas pump or wherever you can go find one and then go get you some gas. I, I just I don't understand people. You was going to waste that money to buy the gas, but you wasn't going to make the extra effort to have something to put it in? I've, I, I, who, who raised you people? I've never once seen anybody put gas in any of those. I mean, I'm just, and it's like the worst of times bring out, you know, the slowest, the slowest, lowest frequencies of people. And it's sad. And, and it's almost like a reflection of what America is kind of gearing people up for. Now, the Colonial Pipeline paid a Russian-based Ransomware. Another thing I did not feel comfortable with. They paid a Russian-based ransomware company seventy-five Bitcoin. Uh, that's the equivalent of, uh, I guess, I think, a two million dollars. I, I believe it was to get a decryption key to stabilize the network. So we don't have no ransomware companies in this country. I don't get that. I don't. Mm, I don't know about all that. Now, due to shortages, of course, prices did go up. Like I said, in some cases, they were up in uh, as much as what in Virginia, for example, they were up to $7 per gallon. That's ridiculous. But again, um, that's what happens. Um, gas is a tremendous, you know, thing here. I mean, we're still um, oil dependent. We're still, you know, gasoline dependent. Um, again, I, I, I'm not opposed to the you know, electrolyze, I guess you would say electrolyzation or, you know, electrifying cars at some point. But I think uh, there needs to be some type of research really done into that as well, because there are some effects negatively that do come from that environmentally and health wise as well that people do not uh, actually take into uh, factor. There's also a financial situation as well. A lot of people cannot afford a Tesla, so let's not let's not push it like oh we need to really. I mean, because again, we're pushing more classism and elitism on people, and again, we gotta watch what we're doing. Even we, even though on the surface we're talking about saving an environment and wanting to promote that, we gotta understand the ways in which we can do it and the ways in which we are doing it. And if everybody can't be a part of it, then what's the point? It should be a thing that everybody should be able to get. Everybody should be able to tap into should they want to. Um, yeah. And it shouldn't be about class and who can afford this and that because we already have that. That type of thinking is, you know, why we have food deserts in certain communities. So uh, y'all go ahead and think about that. Uh, but I'm going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to be breaking down some Mortal Kombat, of course, the new one. Yeah. Yeah. We're just going we're just going to get into it. I'll be back, y'all. was okay um in all reality y'all might think i'm crazy um 
I know a lot of you guys don't think it's good. Um, I think it's okay. I think it's this era's version of Mortal Kombat Annihilation, to be honest with you. Um, I think it's a, a movie that I think deviates from the game a little bit too much, in my opinion. Um, the fighting is there. The fighting scenes, the hand-to-hand combat, I like just like I liked in Armageddon. Oh, sorry, Annihilation. I don't know why I like to say Armageddon. I don't know why Armageddon is a game, and I keep getting it. I keep getting it confused with Annihilation. Anyways, um, yeah, um, that's kind of how I feel. I feel you know when I watch this, I, I'm watching Mortal Kombat Annihilation 2021. Um, I'm seeing a far out, you know, far off plot um, going to all these different places, and um, I'm just gonna keep it real with you. Um, I think what made the first movie good, in my opinion, was the fact that, let's keep it real here, Mortal Kombat is a tournament. This is a fighting tournament. So, I liked watching matchups between the fighters. I liked the fighters fighting against each other within the realms of the Mortal Kombat tournament. Um, There's a lot of fights in different temples here and there in this movie. Um, Again, before I get too far, actually, I want to finish this point. Um... What I liked about the original, like I said, about the original Mortal Kombat movie was that you had your one-on-ones. You had Shang Tsung looking over the battles. You had, you know, they were there in the Shaolin Temple battling. Um, I liked that aspect of it. I didn't see tournament here. Just like I didn't see it in Annihilation. There was no real, they were just there fighting each other in these different battles and skirmishes. And it led to the eventual, you know, the, you know, the climax, you know, and that's what I feel happened in this movie here. And, um, pretty much a brief synopsis of what pretty much happens. Um, one thing I will give the movie is the fact that it did go back in time and kind of give you some background, um, you know, some, some more, you know, older background about these characters, particularly of course with Sub-Zero, uh, who in this movie they will refer to as behind, which I thought was a pretty decent clut, uh, you know, a touch because again, you hear of him as Sub-Zero and you just kind of go from there. You go from that character and you kind of, you know, you get lost in the shuffle that there is a story behind uh, sorry, story behind each of these characters and the in the game itself. And I think that does get lost within the shuffle of the game, which is why I think the movies, no matter whether or not, you know, they're great or not, they're still necessary. They're still viable because you're 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 getting more life of that franchise and you're understanding it more. Uh, because you're actually being able to see characters. You're actually seeing them in more of a capacity than just going up aside each other's heads like you would in the game. And, of course, the story movie, the story modes uh, outside of, of course, now, of course, those story modes have, of course, expanded as, you know, the technology, and we got deeper into game consoles. Of course, you're starting to see more of a story, story you know, being told to you in Mortal Kombat. Of course, you even have, you know, cinematic cutscenes and all that. But that was at one point in time where you didn't get that. I know all my OG fans noticed uh, up until Mortal Kombat 4, you strictly received just some text. And you got some text and some music to go with it, some new music to go with it, and some images, and that's how you got it. It wasn't until Mortal Kombat 4 that you even got to see somewhat of a story. And that was pretty much just an end, end scene. And it was not so great but then they tried to do some more with their pretty much their Mortal Kombat 4 port for Dreamcast which was um 
what was it, Mortal Kombat Gold, whatever. But back to this uh, synopsis, like I said, they do take you back in time to kind of get you uh, the history of Scorpion is of zero, of course. Scorpion in this one is um, referred to as uh, Hashashi, uh, uh, sorry, Hanzo Hashashi. So again, um, you, you're learning these people's names, you're giving them these backgrounds, um, and you understand Scorpion's plight again. We did not, we we have not seen this in a movie yet. We actually saw the Lin Kuei go ahead and decimate his family, as opposed to hearing about it in this in the Mortal Kombat Four cutscene. He's like, oh, I didn't, you know, Sub Zero was like, I didn't really do it. Uh, a lie was Quan Chi, and you'll find that out later. And again, so and again, like another thing I will take from this movie though is like it, like when you go through the canon. Because I recently had to just say, you know what, let me at least go through the story. Before I watch this movie again, well, before I watch this movie for the first time, uh, I had to go and again watch the story modes of the other games just to kind of get an idea of what what this movie may take from. And in a, in a, in a way, I think it, try to, it tries to incorporate all of it and it tries to blend it and it kind of makes it, uh, it's, it doesn't seem as syncopated as I would like it to be. Um, it cuts to Earth Realm. You know they've been suffering in the last nine out of ten. You know you uh the tournaments and they lose again. Of course, they will lose to Outworld. They will be taken over, right? And that's fine. Uh, then you have this other character, Cole Young. He finds out he is a relative of Scorpion. Again, maybe I'm missing that from the later canon. I didn't know any anything about. A coal or anything about this guy um, and what their connection is. I don't really. I'm trying to figure out if this. I mean, I guess this movie is the modern. Is this after the events of of sorry of annihilation? Is it after the events of? I don't know. Is it, are we? I don't know. I don't even know what storyline they're you know they're putting on this movie. Um, but again, there's some action in here. Of course, you have your characters. You have your Jacks and your Raiden. Uh, we find out, you know, we see this the backstory about Jax a little bit, how he lost his arms, how he got his robotic arms. I mean, so you get to see all that, but you saw that in Annihilation too. So it's like, eh, you know, or at least you saw him, you know, have his mechanical arms and explain kind of to you what happened. Um, uh, I mean, it it was, it, for what it was, I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a Mortal Kombat. It's a fighting game movie. And again, I think these are still important, especially for a franchise like this, who is finally, after years and years of just being the beat em up franchise, finally something that, you know, that it has become cinematic. Like, it has those story modes. And again, a lot of fighting games, you know, you don't really play them for the story. You play them for the, you know, the gameplay and the fighting. Um, so, um, I mean, if I were to grade it, I'd give it a C. Um, it's an average movie for what it is. Um, quite personally, I like Mortal Kombat Annihilation better just because it was so off the wall and zany. I don't, I don't consider it a bad movie. I just don't consider it a a, a masterpiece or a good movie for that matter. Um, but it's not necessarily. It wasn't necessarily bad. It's just a movie based off of a video game. Uh, so there's going to be fanciful elements that you wouldn't necessarily look for in in a regular production. So when you go into there looking at it as as a video game movie, I mean, again, I, I mean, what are you what are you looking for? Are you looking for Titanic? I wasn't looking for Titanic even at that age when it came out. Like I was when it was ninety seven. I first saw it with ninety eight, maybe ninety nine. 
I wasn't looking for Titanic. I was looking for Mortal Kombat. And I saw the characters. I saw the characters fighting. I saw what they wanted to be a fatality. And that was good enough for me. That's what we're, that's what we should be looking for. This movie gives you that too. I mean, again, um, you know, it, it gives you to set up a Cole's character. He kind of, uh, uh, has this development where of course they all have this training montage before, of course, they, you know, participate in the tournament and everybody is unlocking their secret power, which is called in this movie, Arcana. Again, if this comes later in the canon, let me know because I go as far as up to, I think I've played, I've played 10. I never owned it, but uh, I definitely go all the way up to Armageddon. I played that, that game. I love Armageddon. So Deception and Deadly Alliance, everything below that. I, I don't know nothing about no Arcana. Again, that might have come later. That might have came later, and I'm missing that. But apparently in this movie, Cole, at the, you know, in, in, the tra in the original training, he doesn't really unlock that. So he has to be sent home. Uh, but when he's sent home, he has to end up fighting to protect his family anyways, and it is unleashed. And not only does he unleash that, but eventually he kind of, he figures out that he is a descendant of Scorpion. And that specter, because he sheds his blood, because of course there's this, there's this prophecy, as there is in like every every movie of this type of nature, there's this prophecy that if uh, a descendant of you know, Scorpion sheds his, their blood, then, you know, the world, or the, the, the heroes will unite and they'll win. Okay, so he unites and out comes the specter of Scorpion. He gets the extra help he needs. So again, Cole's, Cole's development, I kind of liked. You know, you got to see Scorpion come out and he did all this stuff, you know. So that stuff was interesting. Um, but with that being said, it could have been done a lot better. All right, y'all, I'm gonna take a quick break. We come back, we'll be talking some football. We're going to start off with some Aaron Rodgers. All right, y'all, I'm back. I'm going to talk about uh, this Aaron Rodgers saga for a little bit. Of course, um, those of you that are, you know, in the know with the NFL, I'm pretty sure you um, are privy to what Adam Schefter has, you know, stated over the past few weeks referring to his uh, so-called bombshell reports about Aaron Rodgers. Um, now what he calls himself, well, what he said, he, you know, he did for those of you who may not, uh, pretty much he says he, uh, well, pretty much for lack of a, you know, better term, like he basically took a story and he kind of put the piece together on his own end and kind of came out with these, these findings on his own. That's not to say that none of the things that he said wasn't true. Um, there's definitely some dysfunction within the front office of Green Bay and there, uh, in between them and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, there does seem to be some type of, um, at least some type of, you know, openness along A-Rod's part to being traded. I've, I've heard him say it cryptically. Um, I know that they could, I mean, there's, I mean, they could be sending smoke screens, but why? Um, I don't know what, 
Aaron Rodgers would get for benefiting from lying about this. If he's unhappy there and he wants to be traded, I'm, I'm pretty sure he would state that. I mean, he, that's where he's at right now. Um, I don't think he said outright, you know, trade me or anything like that per se, but it's more so like he's definitely unhappy here and he would not be opposed to being traded. That's definitely the idea that I'm getting. Now, again, you know, what Adam Schefter, he decided to do was to take these stories. Uh, some of these stories he decided to highlight more so than others. Like uh, when we talked about him having an issue with him, with um, with A-Rod, uh, with A-Rod having an issue with them letting go of wide receiver Jake Kuro. Um, that might have been a, that might have been a, you know, an exaggeration. That might be an added element, added layer to the story that didn't need to be there. Uh, but there's definitely some issues with them signing, um, you know, Jordan Love last season when they could have signed him maybe another offensive lineman or maybe another wide receiver, uh, possibly a tight end or something like that. Maybe somebody along the defensive side of the ball. You know, something to help him out to ensure him that he has some help going to the playoffs. Uh, because if we looked at who he, what he did last year, obviously he's an MVP. Um, he led his team to a second straight conference championship game. So I don't think the problem in Green Bay was Aaron Rodgers. Um, I know football media because, again, they wanted to hype up, you know, Tom Brady so bad. In the hype up Tom Brady, you have to put down everybody that he beats regardless of really how those games looked and really how those games turned out in terms of stats head-to-head between the two uh the two positions uh between the two players at the position you know tom brady and the other you know in this case aaron Rodgers. so what the world tries to do what football media tries to do they like to put this narrative out here that somehow aaron Rodgers is this is this choker even though we know goddamn well if we watch the games you know what what the hell transpired we don't need to be silly here um so i, I in all reality you know Aaron Rodgers did all he could to help Green Bay get to where they were at Green Bay uh for what it's worth needs needs to address certain issues along that team in order for them to be a championship contender there's only so much uh the quarterback can do it is a, an 11 person situation here that's why the Bucks decided to go all in and bring everybody back. That was essential to having them win, which is pretty much their entire roster. Pretty much, you've never seen this happen. But again, that's what happens when you win. When you lose, then hey, even Aaron Rodgers, your best quarterback, wants to take off somewhere. And they didn't make anything any easier by again drafting another quarterback when they have at least Aaron Rodgers at least until 40, 40 years old, forty two. He wants to play till he's 45. I'm not saying it's impossible. I just don't see any team putting up with a quarterback till he's age 45. I don't see that happening to any team, no matter how good that quarterback may have been or is, for that matter, at the moment. I just don't see it happening. So in the meantime, uh, Green Bay has decided to bring in Blake Bortles as a backup. We don't know who's going to be, you know, of course, the starter. Uh, the reason why you haven't seen anything um, become too publicized about you know where Aaron is going. You see all these speculations uh, that includes the Broncos, Raiders, maybe a couple other teams. Uh, I believe the Niners were in the mix at one point in time. We don't really know for certain how time transpires, especially since they drafted Troy Lance. But Broncos, Raiders were some of the top teams that I was hearing about. And of course, I guess for the Raiders to get that done, they probably would have to give up a first round pick, maybe Derek Carr. 
quarterback for quarterback as a draft pick, like I said, and they would get that. And the Broncos, I don't know what they would give for that. Maybe some first, you know, multiple first round picks. So I mean, again, I mean, it's it's there. But the reason why you know you don't see anything solid, like you haven't heard anything like an offer being made this year, because well, uh, we at a certain point in the offseason in which that's I guess by league rules, that's you know, that's the dead period for that. There's none of that going on. So I believe around June the 1st is when you'll start to see uh, real, well, the trade market be activated. Uh, I don't want to, well, I could be off by the exact day. I, it might not be June 1st, but I know it's going to be in June uh, that you see this free agency kind of pick up well, more so in the trading market. So you might see uh, some more, you, well, you're going to definitely see those offers for a Rob being made. I don't know what they're going to start offering for him. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, do I do I feel like there's a team that's in the driver's seat? Honestly, I don't know. I, I don't look on the outside looking in. I would love if my Raiders got him. Um, if we were to make a trade, you know, like I said, we were to trade Derek Carr, I would trade him for Aaron Rodgers. Y'all can say what you want. I would. Um, I know the Broncos want him, uh, but I do. I think that there's one of the you know either one of those teams you know that have a that, that's a favorite. In, in that no um i've actually heard i heard a lot of the experts saying that aaron could go to the broncos but i've heard you know you know actual you know um well i've heard actual statements from aaron saying that oakland will, well sorry not oakland but las vegas will be a place that he would want to play so there you go who's willing to come up with a deal we don't know yet like i said we won't even know anything about that for at least another couple of weeks so my fingers will be crossed that he would go to oakland I hope he doesn't go to the Broncos because, again, that's in the division. With that being said, though, um, looking at the Broncos roster, I know everybody, every online Broncos fan, and everybody is assuming, you know, that uh, when they get Aaron Rodgers, it's a, it's a Super Bowl. But I don't believe so. I don't I don't, I don't, don't feel like that, get, that this team has a dominant running game. I feel like they have uh, pretty decent receivers, but I don't see where they're, you know, enough to topple what Kansas City has. I think they're on par with the Raiders uh, in terms of receivers. I don't think the quarterback play, uh, unless they get, you know, Aaron Rodgers, will be on par with what San Diego, sorry, San Diego. I don't think it's going to be on par with what Kansas City has. It's not going to be on par with Derek Carr, in my opinion. No Derek, no, no Denver quarterback has been as good as Derek Carr, so I'm not going to go there. They're not going to be on the level as a second-year Justin Herbert. So, again, unless you get A-Rod, I mean, that's your claim to fame. Even if you were to get him, I'm not 100% sure that I'm buying this team as a Super Bowl team right away. Uh, this team was had a very questionable defense, has a very questionable run game, and has as wide receivers that have not proven themselves. So even with a Rod, I don't I don't see this. I'm not I would not give this team the stamp of approval. Oh, it's a Super Bowl team. I don't see it uh, necessarily right away. I mean, it might happen maybe a year after something like that, but I you know. I don't see it right away. Speaking of the Broncos, um, if you play for them, don't get hurt. Well, don't get hurt off of the team facilities for that, for that matter. Now, recently, offensive tackle Jawan James has been released by the team after suffering an Achilles tear away from the team's facility. He will probably file a grievance uh, with the NFL Players Association. And uh, because he's pretty much, well, he was supposed to be owed $10 million of his salary this year. Now, the Broncos are labeling this as a non-football-related injury since it didn't occur at the facility. Now, this is freeing them from all financial obligation, and this is 
you know, per a new NFL set of rules. And, uh, I mean, it is unfortunate, but, again, ain't no telling what this player was doing to get injured. I mean, again, and probably, um, in this case, he might have been working out. You don't, But you don't know that in every case. He could have been in a DUI. He could have been, you know, jumping out of a window because he got caught in a threesome. I mean, it, it happens. So, I wouldn't want to pay somebody who can't get their shit together. So, um, especially millions of dollars. So, but I think in this case, you know, he probably had a legit, you know, like injury when she was working out and it is unfortunate, but again, you know, that's kind of what these bureaucracies do. Um, and these, you know, these, these, uh, corporations are going to try to do. So I, I don't know how the NFL players association kind of sat back and let that happen. Um, I'm pretty sure that the NFL talked the league talked to the players association about this, which is of course their union. Um, I'm pretty sure they talked to them about this and, uh, it should have been addressed to the players. It should have been, uh, something that they, if they felt serious about it, they should have, you know, had a, had some type of conversations about, uh, but it looks like the NFL passes. They let the, they let the whole league know. And, um, the Broncos are taking advantage of it. Uh, it's unfortunate, but it's what business it's what happens in business. Um, another Bronco, uh, wide receiver Deshaun Hamilton, uh, suffered a torn knee ligament offside as well. Uh, he was put up for trade by the team uh, over the recent weeks just to kind of give him off the roster if they can. So, again, that's that's kind of the move. Uh, they don't – I mean, again, I, I, um, I kind of understand the player's point of view because you don't want to be so much bogged down, you know, at the team facility. You want to be able to be with your family. Well, I mean, maybe, I mean, because of, that's, I mean, because that's the way that it's written in y'all, you know, in NFL rules. So again, they talk to the NFLPE. That's what the NFLPA, excuse me, agreed to or signed off on. So, I mean, what would be your best alternative? Well, I mean, live close to your team facility. I mean, that's, I know it's a, I know it's. I mean, again, I'm talking out of my ass. I, you know, hey, I'm just a regular guy. But, you know, um, I mean, you got to sacrifice. They drafted you. Um, you know, maybe you live nearby where they drafted. Maybe you live nearby your team facility so you can be able to trans, you know, transfer yourself to and from so it's not like you're far away from your family. Um, you know, and that's hard because, you know, you might not want to live where they drafted you. And I get that. But, uh you know, I, but that's the sacrifice. I mean, if you want to be a pro football player, that's, you know, that's what you got to do. And again, I mean, I kind of, as much as I think that this is, is a BS kind of rule, you got to blame your NFL players association for kind of sitting back in, in a way, allowing this to happen because the NFL is going to go through them with these kind of rules and going to go past them on this. They're going to have CBAs about this. So if this was agreed upon and signed upon, then, you know, you got to get at your, you got to get at your union for that one, guys. That's, that's, um, yeah, that's not, that's not good. That's, that's, uh, that's poor union. That's poor unionizing on, on the account of, of those, of the NFL Players Association. I, I uh, they kind of set up their players, uh, for a, for a, uh, fall in that, in that category because we already know what the, what the corporation is going to do, what these teams are going to do. They're going to cut you or going to try to trade you because they don't want to be held financially liable because they really don't. What they're going to try to say is, I mean, they can't really determine where your injury came from. Did it really come from you working out? Did it really come from, or did, were you playing a pickup basketball game like a dumbass, you know, and you tore something or you landed awkwardly, you know, trying to get a rebound on somebody, you know? So, um, (laughs) 
and um, it's unfortunate, but that's that's what happens when you're in when you're in those stakes. Somebody's paying you millions of dollars. I I, I know it sounds ridiculous, but that's that's the that's the name of the game. I mean, what do you do? I mean, again, your union kind of did y'all a disservice in this one. That's that's as much as I can say about it. All right, y'all. I'm gonna take one last quick break, and when we get back, uh, we're breaking down some of the NBA. We have some news to break down. We have a Hall of Fame announcement that I've been, um, I've been waiting to get to for a while. I'm, I'm really surprised that it's taken me so long, but I'm happy to be able to talk about this. I also want to break down some of the scores from the playing games, of course, and of course, we'll be talking about the playoffs. So playoffs, yeah, the playoffs. All right, I'll be right back, y'all. up for today we are going to get into the nba starting off with some news of course i've been uh waiting for this day for a while now but chris weber has finally been named to the hall of fame after eight years of eligibility chris weber was selected to the nba hall of fame he was a rookie of the year in 1994 and he made the all-star all-star team five times in his career as well as the all nba team five times as well he averaged over 20 points in his career, as well as nine re- over nine rebounds and over four assists. And that was in about 15 seasons in the league. In his time with the Sacramento Kings, he would lead the team to the playoffs six times. And he would also lead it to a Western Conference Finals appearance in 2002. Now, they might have, would have, they might have lost in that series, but it was a very controversial series, to say the least. And... Um, I definitely gained a lot of respect for that team and Chris Webber in that time period. Uh, in that time, they became uh, pretty much my second favorite team next to the Portland Trailblazers. And still to this day, despite their troubles, I still have a lot of love for them. And they are uh, my second favorite team, my, my favorite team in California. In college, he was a part of the Fab Five uh, at Michigan that was consistent of Jaron Rose, uh, another potential Hall of Famer, as well as Jawan Howard. I feel the same way about him as well if he hasn't already been named. Uh, he's a head coach at Michigan right now, by the way, for those of you who don't know. And Michigan is a, uh, well, is a uh, prominent program in college basketball. So there's a lot of, uh, I mean, there's 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 some talent that came in, in you know, through this program and, and that, you know, there was some, um, good things that these players went on to do, including, you know, like I said, starting with uh, Chris Webber as well. But you also had Jimmy King on that team as well as Ray Jackson. And they would have a, a really good run uh, in Michigan, uh, winning Big Ten titles, and they would also make it to the 1993 championship. So, again, um, there was some there was some drama um, going back to um, Webber's time at Michigan. I can't remember the, the booster's name off the top of my head, but it was some dealings with a booster and a couple players as well as dealings with the same guy. 
and it tarnished not only his name, uh, but it tarnished Jalen Rowe's name, unfortunately, as well, although I don't think he was ever implicated in anything on his end, uh, but just him being in association with that team. And uh, there was a lot of things going against that team, particularly in the 90s, because, first of all, it was an all-black starting five. Uh, and they they were a lot different um, than every than the team of the early 90s, than the team's other early 90s. Uh, you start to see them ushering a change that will be seen in the NBA as well with back your shorts. Uh, they were wearing black socks, and they, they just carried a different mentality. It was not a thug mentality, but it was it was they was brothers. They wasn't playing. They wasn't no no um. They wasn't like UNLV, nothing like that. But they wasn't no suckers either. You got you had some respect for them. Um, you had uh, they didn't take no shit from nobody. They wasn't no, like I said. They wasn't no you know what you would call Tom ass Negro. They wasn't you know Jefferson you know Davis and shucking and jiving. They wasn't you know you know preppy boys they just they you know they wasn't thugs either they just they just was they just let it hang out they was who they were um and um you know i you know i looked up to at least i know i looked up to chris Webber for a long time um he was one of my favorite uh, power forwards next to rashid wallace uh when i was into basketball when i played basketball i liked both of those players a lot and i like to model my game about a uh, like a lot like both of those guys um you know that being Wallace and and C Webb, uh, you know, you know there was uh, again. So he, I mean, he had like I said, he had the drama, uh, what happened at Michigan, and again that was part of the reason why it probably took so long for him to get that consideration. Uh, but he's he's done a lot of work since then. He's admitted to it. He's uh, he's said he's sorry. He's you know apologized to what, and he's under he's grown from that. He's understood you know what. Uh, why there was an issue with him doing what he did and also kind of how he carried it after it, you know, became revealed to the world. And uh, I think that led to a lot of it as, as well. I mean, he grew a lot. He became a lot more uh, human and he grew, you know, he had that humility come into, into play. Um, he's also put in a lot of work in terms of his uh, announcing and his uh, commentary career as well and been a part of many uh, great ESPN or TNT telecast uh, putting his uh you know expertise out there i think he has probably one of the best uh takes out there in basketball uh amongst the the people that have played i mean a lot a lot more even kill and i think a lot more measured and dialed in than somebody like um you know uh a paul pierce to be honest with you um uh, not somebody who's caught up on you know what he did or anything like that and he just really seems to understand the game um i wish i really you know hope he would i mean I, I i hope the best for him maybe he gets his own personal platform um maybe somebody like a kwame brown those are those are two guys that i'm looking out and i just happened to just catch kwame brown recently and uh, i guess i'll talk a little bit about that since you know i since you know we on it uh we talked about the nba uh you know just a just a, a brief uh, rundown of that you know recently uh, over the weekend I don't know exactly when it's dropped but I saw it over the past weekend you know Com Kwame is just kind of going in on these guys after years and years of people just kind of first of all disrespecting his name and just really tarnishing him and we got to understand that as a people um, and I get where he's coming from because yes we fail um, and I and trust me this is somebody who's who's failed at life and different things um, you know, I might not talk about it. You might not have ever thought about it. You might not have seen, thought that I would ever say those things or, or ever, you know, looked at me and thought that I, you know, that I could have, but I, I have, and I know what it's like. 
And you know what? We we put so much on, you know, the NBA and, oh, he didn't make it as a basketball player. You know what? So what? You know, he took care of himself. He, he He's taking care of his family. There's a lot of motherfuckers who don't make it at life and they can't do shit. So the fact that he was able to at least play, he was able to understand the game from some of the top players. And again, it didn't pan out for him in that realm. Uh, but he's doing all right, and I respect him for coming out recently and 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 standing up for himself. And Matt Barnes, you already kind of know how I feel about him, but if you need to know more, I think he's a sucker. He, I thought he was a sucker when he decided to drive and fight somebody, some his his baby mama's new boyfriend. That's what marks do. If you don't date her no more, you don't date her no more. If y'all not together, I don't care if you had a child no more. That's Mark shit, cuz I don't care. And I'm light skinned. I don't fuck with cuz. I don't I don't get down like that, y'all. Might put don't put all of us light skinned people in the same box. I don't fuck with that shit. I don't need to fight. I don't need to fight exes, new niggas. I don't do that. That's lame. That's that ain't cool. Uh, as far as Steven Jackson, um, he's definitely cool on the political uh, spectrum to some extent. I understand that he, you know, uh, was friends with George George Floyd, and he kind of got uh, privy to what goes on. He started to say some more political things lately. I give him a little bit of props for that. Um, but I'll get more into I, 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 what I will do later on is I will kind of give you my feelings about how I feel about woke in terms of athletes and stuff like that. Y'all be surprised by how I feel about that. I know you will be, but I'll get into that later. But as far as Steven Jackson, I mean, obviously he disrespected Kwame. <laughs> he had no minutes talking about the man like that. And uh, all, and even Gilbert Arenas, I mean, he had a, I mean, your boy, he said what he had to say. <laughs> I'm sorry, this wasn't the greatest segue into Kwame, but um, yeah, y'all, um, I mean, he he said what he had to say, and um, you know, Stephen Jackson and, and and they wrong, and then and then Stephen Jackson and them they they wrong for that. Uh, Kwame, he's a grown ass man too. He deserves his respect. You know, it ain't like it's not like either either one of those three guys were all that either. Um, I I'd be surprised if either one of those guys put on a gold jacket. So, I mean, that's that's how we're gonna that's how that's how I look at it. Let's move on. Uh, we do got some more news to go over. Uh, we have a retirement to talk about, and um, Jeremy Lin, yes, um, Lin Sanity, he has decided to, decided to call it a day. Um, one of the league's most notable Asian players, Jeremy Lin, again has decided to retire after nine seasons. Uh, he's recently playing for the Santa Cruz Warriors of the G League. He seemed to be a little bit, you know, kind of bothered by the fact that he hadn't got a shot, uh, shot at the league. Uh, well, you know what I'm saying, the league uh, recently, you know, because he's been playing. He had been playing really well. Uh, this was his quote. For months, I saw others get contracts, chances, opportunities. I told myself I just need a 10-day contract, one chance to get the ball back. I'm sorry, one chance to get back on the floor, and I would blow it out the water. Now, that didn't happen, of course, um, and it is unfortunate. Like, again, I'll go through his numbers in just a little bit. Uh, now, Lynn was originally drafted by the Warriors in 2012, uh, but he did earn his clout by playing for the Knicks. And uh, it was a stretch in which he led them to a, a seven-game winning streak. Uh, he also had some numerous clutch shots in that time uh, in the final stages of games. Uh, it was a pretty decent season for the Knicks, and they ended up going to the playoffs for the first time in a long time. Um, now, throughout his career, uh, he would average 11, over 11 points, over two rebounds, and also four assists. 
Uh, he would also, like I said, play for the Warriors. He would play for the Knicks. Uh, he played for a couple teams. I want to say he played for Toronto, but I could be wrong about that. Uh, but, you know, he had spent some time away um, from the league. He did go to China. Um, and there is some speculation that he could go back to China as well. Uh, in China, he averaged 22 points per game on over well, with over five rebounds and five assists. That might be his move if he still wants to play. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit confused as to how those numbers don't seem to, I guess, yeah, well, no, the quality of play is different. I mean, but damn, to go from 22 in China to only get 11 in the league, that just goes to show you that the league, the NBA is just on a whole different level than, than everybody else around the world. Now, in this time in the G League, in Santa Cruz, he would average over 19 points a game, 19.8 to be exact. He would have average over three rebounds and over six rebounds, and those are all pretty much career highs for him. So I could see why uh, he would be, I mean, he would feel some type of way by being left out of the league, not getting a call, because it seems that he has improved a lot over his time. I mean, I guess, I mean, it definitely over his time overseas. Uh, but with that being said, I think, I think his biggest issue is probably him being 32 years old. Um, because they're going to, I mean, again, we have a draft coming up. There's going to be, there's going to need to be, they, teams are going to need space for their rookies you know, need, you know, there's going to be, they're going to need space for guys to develop. And the thing about it is, is he a walking bucket? Is he a walking bucket enough? And he's a, is he an asset enough to take away time from a young guy who can pretty much kind of do the same, put up the same numbers or if not, or, you know, or better. And he's going to come, he's probably going to come a little bit cheaper because he's, you know, he has no, he's a rookie, but you could probably give him a, a veterans minimum just to kind of keep him around. But it looks like teams did not want to do that. So as of now, Jeremy Lin has decided to walk away. All right, we have one more news story to break down uh, from the league, and uh, it's a big—it's more so of a question right now. Um, will Masai Ujiri return to the Raptors? Uh, the president of basketball operations for the team uh, said his return to the team will be based on his discussions, uh, his upcoming discussions with the with the, well, with the ownership. Uh, this is a quote from him, and I think this is really cool because it kind of gives you his perspectives on things. Uh, he said, a lot of things, uh, we did a lot of things here. We have to move forward as a franchise to compete with the best in the NBA. This is all about winning a championship again. He went on to say, let me tell you something, guys. Everybody has forgotten what happened two years ago. I, I agree with that. Okay, yes, we won, but nobody cares anymore. This is true. He also, before you know, before he got to this point, he had also extended the contracts for head coach Nick Nurse and GM Bobby Webster. So, I mean, I don't know if he wants to stay per se. Again, he wants to have some type of. Well, I think he has his own plan set in mind to help get this team to the top. And I think the biggest thing now is, is does Toronto see his plan as working? Will they be able to? you know, put that plan into pay place because, of course, they got the money. I think that's going to be what these conversations are about. He also had issues with the team, uh, with well, more so with Canada's protocols, with traveling and uh, dealing with those travel restrictions in terms of, you know, operating his team uh, because there was a lot of times where well, pretty much they had to spend the majority of the season, I think they were playing out of Florida. So they really didn't have a home court advantage. And this is not just an issue with uh, to, well, with uh, the Raptors, but Toronto teams in general that might have to travel it to the U.S. Uh, because, um, for one, um, the Toronto Blue Jays are facing a similar, similar problem as well uh, because 
for the will start in the summer, you know, I believe around July, the Blue Jays will start having to play their home games in Buffalo, which isn't too far away from Toronto, mind you. Uh, but again, you have those restrictions. And unfortunately for, you know, the Raptors, they got to play their, they had to play their home games in Florida. So that really disrupts a home field advantage. Again, the Blue Jays being so close, uh, well, Toronto being so close to Buffalo, they'll be all right, but they should be all right. But, you know, again, you know, the other Toronto teams did not have that advantage. So, uh, will not have that advantage. So I know Ujiri has some issues with that. He'll want it. He wants to deal with the league some more about those logistic issues. Uh, so I think, I think he does come back. Um, and I think he, I personally, I think he's, he's thinking championship or bust. And I think that's, I mean, being that they won a championship so recently, I think that's a healthy mentality. He needs to go in and strike while things are still hot, while that team is still relevant. I, I definitely think so. Um, for what it's worth, I know this is a trivial fact. I don't know how this happens, but even their, uh, one of their best friends, I, they're one of their number one fans. I don't, I don't know his name off the top of my head. Um, uh, but he was just an, uh, elected into the Hall of Fame as well as a fan. So again, they got little things like that going for them. So they got to strike while things are hot, while they relevant, while people are talking about them. Otherwise, it's just gonna—they're just gonna, like he said, people are gonna forget about them. They're not gonna be a draw for these free agents, and it's gonna be hard for this team because to continue any type of sustained uh, success. So uh, that's that's the issue here. All right, y'all, let's get into the scores. Let's break down some of the action. Yes, that's what we come here for. Uh, let's talk about the playing games. Let's talk about the, the night one playing games of the Eastern Conference uh, on on um, Tuesday. Excuse me, Tuesday. Uh, with the Pacers getting it done against the Hornets, blowing them out 144 to 117. In this game, the Hornets were led by Ford Miles Bridges. He would have 23 points, four assists, and eight rebounds. Cody Zeller, a name again that I don't not call a lot on this channel. I, I haven't really heard this name since, again, NBA 2K14. 17 points from him, two assists, and two rebounds. LaMelo, of course, was in action. A little bit of a quiet night from him. 14 points and just four assists. I think Terry Rozier had about 17 points as well. Uh, for the Pacers, uh, they were led by Ford O'Shea Brissett. 23 points from him, two assists and five rebounds. Doug McDermott, 21 points from him, two assists and three rebounds. TJ McConnell was active as well with 17 points, three assists and five rebounds. He also had five other players for the Pacers scoring in double digits, including point guard Malcolm Brogdon, who will have 16 points and eight rebounds in that game. Uh, just scoring all over the place from the Pacers. Uh, Hornets had no answer. And again, um... Y'all can say what you want. I'm gonna say this about Michael Jordan right now. He will have he he will need to hold on to that player that recognition he got as a player for as long as he can. He will need to put out a a last dance every year almost because he's a terrible team owner. His teams suck. These teams haven't done shit ever 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 ever. That's a damn shame that that greatness in you as a player has not rubbed off into your management skills. That's very, very sad. Very, 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 very sad. Let's move on. Celtics get the best of the Wizards, 118 to 110. For the Wizards, they were led by Bradley Bill, 22 points, six assists from him. He would also have nine rebounds. Uh, Russ, he did his thing as well, 20, a double-double from him. 
20 points, 14 rebounds with five assists. And Ish Smith, he would have 17 points, three assists, and eight rebounds coming off the bench. Uh, he had some really good possessions in the first half, really getting to the basket, actually testing his range a little bit too. Uh, Ish Smith, you know, did his thing for the team despite them coming up short. Uh, for the Celtics, they were, of course, led by Jason Tatum. 50 points from him, four assists. He would also have eight rebounds. Kimber Walker would have 28 points, sorry, 29 points, as well as two assists and seven rebounds. And Tristan Thompson would have 12 points, two assists, and 12 rebounds. So a double-double from him. Uh, let's move on to last night's scores. Of course, uh, we're going to start off with the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, they get it done against the Spurs, 100-96. to The Spurs were led by DeMar DeRozan and Rudy Gay. Both getting 20 points. Uh, DeRozan would have three assists and three rebounds. Uh, Rudy Gay would have seven rebounds uh, as well to his totals. Uh, for the Grizzlies, they were led by guard Dylan Brooks. He would have 24 points, uh, three assists, and 27 rebounds. Jonas Valanciunas getting 23 points, eating up the glass with 23 rebounds as well. God damn. Um, we also got John Morant here getting 20 points as well as six rebounds and six uh, sorry, six or six and six rebounds. Uh, moving on, uh, we also got the Warriors. Uh, they t they came up short, unfortunately, against the Wizards. Uh, One hundred. Sorry, sorry, the Lakers. <laughs> sorry, y'all. One hundred to one hundred three. But y'all knew that. Y'all, I'm pretty sure everybody and their mama watched that Warriors Lakers game, especially in Cali. Believe me, everybody and their mama will talk about it. Um, for the Warriors, Steph led the way with thirty-seven points. Uh, leading score between or leading score from both teams actually 37 points from him three assists and seven rebounds not surprised about that because that's pretty much all they got um they did get some they did get some work out of andrew wiggins 21 points two assists and three rebounds kent Bazemore and jordan Poole would also have out with 10 points as well draymond i don't know what the fuck he was doing uh, that's just me i don't know uh, for the Lakers, AD had 25 points, 2 assists, and 12 rebounds. LeBron would have 22 points, 10 assists, and 18 rebounds. Alex Caruso would help out with 14 points. He would also have 2 assists and 3 rebounds. And Dennis Schroeder would have 12 points, 5 assists, and 3 rebounds. So, um, you know, taking the final look at this game, um, you know, the, the Lakers still have a lot of questions to answer. They did not look dominant um, despite a team that had LeBron and AD. Um, I, I don't, I don't see where they dominated. Um, there were points where the Warriors looked, especially in the first half, looked to be the, looked like they were going to get an upset. Uh, of course, things did get, things did change in the second half for the Lakers. I did feel like they played a little bit better defensively, but look at how close this game was. Um, they never really truly shut down Steph. Um, and uh, they just didn't look super dominant to me. I think LeBron made his plays when it, when it you know, when it mattered. I still think he's one of the best players out there. I don't take anything away from him. Of course, he had the game when it shot, and I think it means something that he took it. I will give him. I will give. I will say this: LeBron looked good. Look, Le, LeBron looked as good as he'll ever look. I just don't. I just wasn't impressed by the Lakers as a whole. So, and with that being said, with what I saw, I don't see it just being a easy task going into the playoffs for this team. Uh, they made it to the seventh seed, which means they'll be taking on the Suns. I know everybody is saying that, um, you know, well, there's 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 two different camps that I'm seeing. I'm seeing the camp that's an ultra Laker hater, ultra LeBron hater that's saying that the Suns are going to outright take this. 
there to say, see, blah, blah, blah. Then I'm here in the second class, which is all Laker elitist, LeBron elitist. I'm a, I'm a LeBron fan, but I'm a lot. Of, I'm not a LeBron elitist. I'm not going to say that he is. Uh, I, 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 I saw some, I saw some holes in this team. I saw some, some, some things that could be exploited in a seven game series. I, I, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say that this team loses to the Suns, but I'm not going to say that this team has an easy way has his way against the Suns, and I'm not going to say that this team goes and they blow out the West. At this point, what I saw last night, I'm comfortable with going with the field for winning the Western Conference. I'm not comfortable with just saying the Lakers. I'll go with everybody else possibly getting a shot. So that's just my opinion based on what I saw. Um, and uh, when we get closer to the playoffs, oh, sorry, I don't know why I keep hitting my laptop. That's my bad, y'all. My bad. Forgive me. Uh, I yeah, when we get close to the playoffs, we do have a game. We do we do start off Saturday. I try. To, I mean, I say what I you know. I'll try to get back into you guys. Back in touch with you guys tomorrow. Uh, just kind of go over some of these matchups. But uh, I again, I'm not. Con- I, I what I saw, like I said, I I saw things that could be taken advantage of on a Lakers front in a seven game series. I don't think that they sweep anybody. I don't think that there's a gentleman there's there's a gentleman sweep that they can get in any series this year. I think they gotta go. I I see this team going six games max every series, or six games minimum every series. Um, I I, I don't I don't see them being that dominant to be honest with you. But I don't I don't see the Nets being. I don't really see any dominant team really to be honest with you. <laughs> there's nobody. I mean there's I mean again I, I it's gonna be a rare. I mean I think all these teams are in in reality are really evenly matched up. Even if we want to you know give a lot a lot of the props to the Lakers and all this, we have to say that they're evenly matched to a lot of these teams. I'm sorry. I don't I don't see where they're where they're crushing anybody. This wasn't a crushing defeat. This should have been, but it wasn't. This this really should have been a crushing defeat by the Lakers, and it was. They should have blown this team out, and they didn't. I I think that's an issue. I I I personally do. If you want to argue with me about that, let's do it. I'm open. But uh, I'm calling a wrap today, guys. Uh, if you're looking to get in touch with me, of course, you can hit me up on my email, ljbutler75 at gmail.com. E-L-J-B-U-T-L-E-R 75 at gmail.com. Once again, ljbutler75 at gmail.com. E-L-J-B-U-T-L-E-R 75 at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on Instagram, ljamal791, E-L-J-A-M-A-H 791. Of course, that is L Jamal seven ninety one E L J A M A H seven ninety one. Also, the Facebook page for the show as well. Uh, please be sure to like it. Uh, you know, check it out. I got some links there to get you to the channel, to get you to the YouTube as well. Uh, look at the oh, never out of bounds is the name of the page. Also, the name of the YouTube channel as well. Don't be shy. Please take a look. Please leave a like. Please leave a comment. Anything you like. Uh, the support is much needed. Thank you, y'all. If I haven't told you yet, I love you. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love. And I'll holler at you guys later.